My name is Summer. And my name is Nicole. And we are financial advisors. This is the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast. We have worked with many widows during our careers. Although we are not widows, we see the need for solid financial education before and after losing a spouse. We do this by telling stories from widows and our own lives. Welcome back to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast. I'm Summer. And I'm Nicole. And we want to just catch up with each other. Nicole, how are you doing? Good. I'm just still pregnant. There's no other update. <laughs> <laughs> ready for this baby to come out. Yeah. <laughs> but I still have a long time. Yes. Well, you're doing good work. It's slow and steady, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've just been planning for an international trip. My husband and I have been wanting to go on an international trip for a few years. And because of COVID and the after COVID effects that lasted for a couple of years, we're finally making it out on this trip. So we've been planning for that and getting ready. And my parents are coming for part of it. And so just coordinating with all those people, it's kind of a lot of work. And I didn't realize how stressful it would be at times, making sure we have everything lined up and things to do and all of that. So I'm excited though. Yeah, where are you going? I'm going to Finland where my husband lived for two years and he actually speaks Finnish. He says he speaks Finnish like as best as he can. <laughs> he jokes because it's very hard language to learn. Yeah. So he uh, serves a church mission there, right? Yes. And then, so we're going there. We're going to visit a lot of the people that he knew from when he lived there. And then we're going to Prague and spending a few nights there. I'm excited for that. I guess it's like the musical capital of the world. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. So we're going to go to some concerts and just check out the old town. It's very like iconic and cool. So I'm excited for that. And then we're going to Germany and Austria. So we're going to end in Vienna, which is a very special place to me because some of my ancestors are from Austria. So I'm really excited. I, I'm excited to experience all of that and, and see just, I don't know, see new places and see what Europe's like a little bit more. So we're excited. Yeah, that's fun. Traveling is fun and stressful. Yes. When you, so especially the pre-planning. <laughs> yeah, no, really. I'm like, I just didn't know so much work. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it is a lot of work. And uh, this is just a funny little tangent. And a lot of financial advisors like to do this, that people spend more time planning their trips than they do their retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and you're supposed to be retired for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. Yeah. And and it's a huge chunk of your life and people don't spend enough time planning. <laughs> yes. I was actually thinking about this, not just about trips, but sometimes people really get caught up in the here and the now. Like, oh, I really want this experience. Like I'm going to pay whatever it takes to have that. And my husband really likes to watch football and the NFL draft was recently happened. And they showed the camera of the crowd and all the people that were there. And I'm like, I it's probably over a thousand dollars to get into this NFL draft. And they're like all these young people there. And I'm like, they probably do not have enough saved for retirement. That's what was going <laughs> through my mind. I was like, they're spending money on this NFL draft or like all these super fans that go to the Super Bowl. I'm like, that is so much money. You, I, I hate to judge them, but I'm like, you're probably robbing yourself. We're such <laughs> financial advisors. <laughs> I, I can't even watch TV without being like, oh my gosh, they don't have enough money set aside. <laughs> anyway, but I think that's kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today, which is some with which we're going to talk about credit cards. And one of the hard things about credit cards is, and you, our listeners probably are familiar with how bad it can be to 
max out your credit card because you're living for the here and the now. But we're going to talk about how credit cards are good too. But I think that's a a common problem is people get scared of credit cards. Like, oh, you're just going to, you know, max them out and then you can't pay them off, which can happen. But if you use them responsibly, it doesn't have to look like that. Yeah, they're a tool and they can be a tool for good or a tool for bad to drive you into debt. So yeah, yeah, we're going to have a little conversation today just about the good and the bad. Yes. Well, I'll just dive in and tell you about how I use my credit cards and we'll start there. So um, I use my credit card for everything. I charge everything to the credit card that I possibly can because I want the reward points. And um, and then every month I have it on auto pay to pay off the statement balance, which we were talking about. Um, if you pay off the statement balance, it won't accrue interest and um, you don't have to necessarily pay off the full balance, but as long as you pay off that statement balance. And we realized that most credit cards don't let you pay off the full balance on auto pay. Yes. You only do statement balance. So I just have on auto pay to automatically pay off every month. And um, my husband, when we got married, he never used a credit card. He didn't, I don't, I see, he had one, but he didn't use it. Uh, I think he canceled it actually soon after we got married. Uh, anyway, so he was really surprised when I was like, can you just charge everything to the credit card? Cause I want the points. <laughs> and, and we had a real discussion about if this was wise or not. And uh, the thing we actually did change was not that we don't still charge everything in the credit card, but what credit card we use. Mm. Cause before I was mostly using my Amazon credit card, get you 5% cash back off of Amazon purchases. And I just, Amazon's actually kind of a problem in our budget because <laughs> it's so easy just to go online like, oh, we need this and go online and order it and it arrives right. at your front door. And so um, he didn't like that. And we're trying to be a little more minimalist. And he's like, well, why are we just building up money to spend more money on Amazon? <laughs> so um, we actually changed to a Delta card and because we want to be able to go visit his parents frequently. And my best friend also lives across the country. And so now we build up our miles so we can go travel. And it's actually been way better. And so that would be my encouragement to people as you consider what rewards cards you want is think about what's important to you and get the cards that get you rewards for what you want to do. I know somebody who gets um, rewards to go to Disneyland. Oh, wow. Because that's important. They go every year. Um So it's just helpful and it just makes you feel better. Like, oh, we can go visit your parents and we don't have to pay for one of our flights because we have miles for it. So that's been really good. Another thing I've been surprised that we changed is we actually do pay. We I've always said never, ever get a credit card that has an annual fee. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, (laughs) that's so dumb. And maybe we just got uh, sucked into the promotional stuff. But we do have a credit card that has an annual fee because it gets you better mileage buildup and we don't have to pay for bags. Yeah. And all I've noticed that almost all the airline mile credit cards do have an annual fee. So if you if that's something you're interested in, I don't know that you could get out of an annual fee. We, really have, we did the numbers because you know, I'm a financial advisor and with how much we travel, because that's really important to us. And like I said, we have family that lives in other places and my best friend that lives in other places. So we do travel a lot. And it was, we made up for the annual fee with baggage. Wow. So, that's but not awesome. having to pay for baggage. So it may not work for everybody. And you should, if you have credit cards, you don't use regularly and you're not utilizing it may not be worth the annual fee. Yes. How do you go about using those points? When you have a trip you're planning, you just go on and like cash in the points that you've built up on your credit card? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah. So like we are going on a trip and um, we're going for a wedding, actually, a family wedding um, in Philadelphia. And well, and my son, we just have to start paying all of a sudden for him because he just turned two. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, no, three flights. But we got two of them with miles and we just had to pay for one. That's great. And so your credit card points just immediately convert to miles, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Without having to fly all the time to build up miles. You just spend money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which, which you would do anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So devil. Yeah. And I think it's important to know there's so many credit cards out there and there's different things that work for different people, different reward systems. One of the other popular reward systems is cash back. That's what I've used a lot because I probably get sucked in. I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's 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 a cool option. So basically you spend money on your credit card and then they give you cash back. So like a 5% cash back. So like if you spend $100 and you get 5% back on your credit card and you can cash those the cash out whenever you want. So what we've done is we've we have a cash back credit card which we spend money on and then at Christmas time when we have gifts and things I don't really budget very well for Christmas and we'll talk about budgeting on another podcast, but I just go in and clean out all the points on my credit card. I'm like, this is our Christmas budget, whatever we have from this credit card. And that's worked really well too, because it just is our buffer for Christmas, which has been nice. Yeah, that is nice. And I've seen a lot of people do stuff like I, uh, there was a business owner I met with and they had so many mile points because they charge all of their business expense on a card that gets the miles to then go fly. And um, so, yeah, it was huge for them. Like I was shocked at how many miles they had. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And just so our listeners are aware how credit cards usually work is you spend money on a credit card and then the credit card company says, we'll, we'll pay for this. And then on your due date, you have to pay us back in, in full. And if you don't pay back in full on that due date, then they will charge you interest on whatever balance you didn't pay. So like you have $100 you didn't pay off, then your, your interest rate and credit cards are going up at the recording of this podcast. So right now I've seen um, interest rates as high as 28% on a credit card. So yeah, this can be an awesome tool for good. But if you're not taking care of the, this tool and paying it off every month, that's a huge interest charge. That's scary. Well, it's a trap. Yes. There's a reason they offer you such nice rewards is they're trying to get you to use their credit card and they're trying to get you to spend a lot of things on their credit cards so that you carry over month to month. And so even though I just like raved about how awesome it is to have miles <laughs> to go travel with, if you are ever carrying a balance over month to month, you need to stop using your credit card. Yeah. Because a 5% cat back is one time does not, you're never going to make that up or you're going to be totally killed by the 28% or 20% interest that's compounding every month you don't pay off your credit card. Right. And then you're not really actually making 5% cash back. Yes. And I was reading as we were preparing for this podcast, I was reading about the danger, not the dangers of credit cards, but I was reading about the usage of credit cards in the United States and found and I found a study that said that 35% of US adults carry credit card debt from month to month. 
that's kind of a lot of people. It's like, and it's growing a little bit as we come out of the pandemic, people are getting more and more credit card debt. And so that's something to be aware of is that that is going on. And then another thing that the study said was many of those people don't know what their interest rate is. So they're like accruing credit and they don't even know what they're being charged. So we don't want you to be in that category. We don't want you to be in that group. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the the dangers then. Let's. I have a, um, a person that I met with several years ago who she was getting ready to retire. And she came to me and said, okay, I have this great income. I have all these great retirement benefits. And she had a wonderful pension and, you know, she'd worked a lot. So she had great social security benefits. Um, but she had never really built up a 401k. Um, and what became very apparent was she never really built up a 401k because she was a spender, not a saver. And she had over $70,000 on credit cards. Whoa. And a mortgage and a car loan and a second mortgage, just like tons of debt. And we had some many, many in-depth conversations about if she could retire or not. And ultimately it came down to that, no, she could not retire even with her wonderful pension, her wonderful social security benefit, because she spent way too much and there would be no way for her to properly manage that debt without working. Yeah. And it's just looking like she'll have to work past 70 just because of her, the debt she needs to get paid off and because she learned such bad money habits of spending that she couldn't get her spending under control to be able to live on her pension and social security. Yeah. And she didn't build a 401k to have buffer. So she was going to be on a very fixed income in retirement on the pension and social security. And so her spending habits that she taught herself her whole life and using her credit cards um, were preventing her from retiring. And the reward, it was the rewards, honestly, <laughs> that was killing her. She had like eight different cards and she's like, well, I spend this for this. I get this reward and I do this for this. I get this reward. And yeah, I know I'm carrying a balance over, but I got this much back and I'm doing pretty good, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> this is very bad. Let me show you how much interest you've been paying over the last like five years. Yeah. It's it's a lot. And and because she had built up so much, she she was basically most of her payment was going towards interest on these credit cards and not towards actually getting the balance down. So she's kind of stuck in a bad cycle. So that's the trap of credit cards is it can prevent you from living the life you want to and being able to retire if you're not careful. So credit cards can be a trap. Definitely don't use them just for the rewards. If you're basically, if you have poor um, budgeting habits or poor spending habits, then you should cut up your credit cards. Or I've heard some people talk about freezing them. Just put them in their freezer. Yeah. <laughs> until you can get things under control. Um, I would be hesitant about closing credit cards um, because if you close out some credit cards, it may affect your credit score, especially if it's a credit card you've had for a long time. But you can just cut them up and not use them. So that's always a great thing to do if you're having any... Basically, if you're carrying a balance over month to month, it's a trap. Run away. Yes. <laughs> Uh, some other options we discussed are you could use a credit card for one purpose only. And that way it's very limited on what you're using it for. So for example, my husband and I have a couple of credit cards. One of them we use just for gas. That's the gas credit card. We don't use it for anything else. That way we can just keep track of what we were spending on gas that month by looking at the credit card balance. And, it, and it's never a high balance. It's never an unexpected balance. And then we have another credit card. That's the Amazon credit card. That Anything on there, we can say, oh, that's from Amazon. And it just 
having those mental rules in place, it's not like the credit card won't work if you try to use it somewhere else. But in our minds, it's meant for that one purpose. So that's another way you can continue to use your credit card, which is important because it helps your credit score. And that way you can, but also like limit your behavioral use of the card instead of spending it on whatever you see at the store or whatever. It's just one thing, very crystal clear on what the purpose is. So you guys don't charge everything to a credit card. You use like debit cards instead. Yeah, we use a debit card and then we have credit cards for different purposes, like online shopping. And and actually, I guess that was kind of how it was initially. But now it's like Sam has his credit card. I have my credit card and we use it for different things. And then we have another credit card that's for gas. So we kind of do it funny, but <laughs> yeah. So you're not concerned about like, oh, let's just build up a bunch of rewards. It's more of like you use your cards as a budgeting tool. Yeah. And also to build our credit because we want to be able to buy a home and you need good credit. And a good way to do that is to have multiple lines of credit. And we'll talk about all of that in another episode. But I read that it's good to have three credit cards. But I'm like, well, I don't want to be charging all these up all the time. And so there's uh, a card. You can also just put one of your subscriptions on a credit card and literally never use it. You could put it in a, a drawer and say, you know, that's the subscription credit card. It's, you know, it's charged monthly and then you pay it on your phone and it's done. So there's a few options you could do to like help yourself have multiple lines of credit without going into major debt because you have three cards and you're just racking them up. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing too is that credit cards have a credit limit. And so that's an, another danger. So let's so one of my credit cards let's say has a $12,000 credit limit. So in one month I could spend 12 grand and then the credit card company says, "Okay, no more." Like we've lent you quite a bit of money. Well, if you have multiple cards, you could, you know, be spending 20 grand a month or more. And so that's something to be careful of and aware of. And if you max out the credit limit, it hurts your credit score. Yeah. Again, we could spend, there's a whole episode to do on your credit score, but yes. So you got to be careful. Yeah. Alan and I actually have had discussions about maybe we shouldn't be charging everything to the credit card. And um, the reason is because the further money gets away from you, like the distance, the more likely you are to spend it. So that's why a lot of like budgeting programs will encourage you, like if you're having problems with a certain area, that you do the cash envelope system mm-hmm. where you say, well, on my groceries, I get 300 or well, 300 a month is not a lot for groceries <laughs> yeah. these days. 500, yeah. <laughs> well, for a family, maybe even more. Yeah. Um, let's say it's $500, what your monthly budget for groceries is. And you put the cash in the envelope at the beginning of the month. And then that's once you spent the cash, it's gone. And cash is the closest to you because you can, it's cash and you see it going out. And so mentally it, like, you know, you can very much see your money going. The next step away from you is like maybe a check um, because, you know, you're writing out a check and it's kind of like play money. When I was little, we like to write checks out. We make our own checks and, you know, oh, I'm going to pay you with a check. It's, you know, so it's a little more play and it gets a little further away from you. Your debit card is then another step away from you because it's just a piece of plastic. You swipe it and it debits those numbers at the bank. Um, it's still a little bit closer to you than a credit card. A credit card is the next step away from you because a debit card, your bank immediately goes down. You know, mm-hmm. you swipe your debit card and then you check your bank account on your phone and you can already see the charge there. Right. And your money's already gone. With a credit card, you don't have to pay till the next month. It's a month away. And so if you're really struggling with your spending or feeling like you're spending too much, then um, 
a credit card's not a good idea. Yeah. Because it's removing the spending. It's removing the responsibility to a month down the road. Yeah. And I'll add to that. It's not a good idea as your primary source of, you know, not your primary spending mechanism. Is that the right way to say it? I think that you really can't um, survive in this society without a credit card. But if you're really having a hard time uh, using it for the right purposes, then you just need to limit it or say, no, it's just paying this one bill or this one thing. Because there's a prominent philosophy going on right now. I feel like that's like, oh, you can just don't have a credit card. And I, as I've done some research, it you can live without a credit card, I will admit, but it is very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, qualifying for a home loan, you, you they have to like do all this like in-depth research into your past and what you've paid and not paid on time. Look at your like, all they have is like your electricity bill and maybe your mortgage. And so they don't like that. And so it's, it is very necessary to, to be able to show, you know, we, we have paid our credit cards and on time and that kind of thing. But agreed, you need to, if, you, if that's not working for you, you really need to limit it to, you know, mm-hmm. it's for this one purpose and this one purpose only. Yeah. And, and so that we've had lots of talks about like, are we being disciplined enough with our money in other ways that we can continue to use this credit card for everything? Or should we not? And and it was a lot easier, I think, when we were both single to manage our own finances. And now together, it's there's a lot more communication. And yeah. are we doing this properly? And as a financial advisor, I see so much of the behaviors of finance and sometimes credit cards that don't encourage good behaviors. Oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about that a bit. Uh, I've seen this too. This is probably one of the most common questions I get from peers that are my age is they come to me and say, I've gotten literally several texts over the last few months. Hey, Summer, what credit card should I get? You know, they, it's like a whole new world and it's kind of overwhelming and they don't really know what to be looking for. So we want to provide a couple of pointers that we look for when we're looking for a solid credit card. And we could talk a little bit about the rewards. And if you like airlines, you should look for an airline credit card. But you should also be paying attention to what their interest rate is in case you ever had a balance, which really you shouldn't, but you should know at least what it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, is it and there's other fine print too. Like yeah. you may think, oh, I'm getting these great rewards, but there may be caveats to the rewards too. So yeah. always read up about your credit card. Yes. And then the annual fee, being aware of that, some of them have pretty hefty annual fees. I've seen a popular card, if you look online, like best airline credit card, $6.95 a year. You need to be aware of what that looks like and how much that costs and that kind of thing. And then, of course, the rewards can be tricky. Uh, I I was telling Nicole that there's cashback cards that are like, you know, 5% cashback on this category. But again, if you read the fine print, it says not including supermarkets, supermarkets, including Target and Walmart. And I'm like, well, that's where I go. So I guess all of that, I would only get 1% cash back on. And then a lot of them have these tiers, like 5% on this category, 3% on this category. Another thing I've seen is it'll be like 5% back on travel, but you have to book it through the credit card. It's not just like, oh, I made a Delta charge. Now I get 5% cash back. And I have even fallen for these. So read carefully because you you really should understand before you buy and not have this surprise. Like now I signed up for this credit card and I don't want to cancel it for a few reasons. And and now I don't, I'm not getting exactly what I thought I was. So be aware, look out for those things. 
Another item that has affected me personally, and I have very personal experience with this, um, is foreign transaction fees. If you're really into travel and that's what you want to use your credit card for, look for cards that don't have foreign transaction fees. So basically, when you go overseas, they're going to charge you a fee to spend money in that country. I'm going on an international trip. I like to travel. And guess what? All of my cards have foreign transaction fees and I'm really bummed because I can't get the cash back if I want to use that, do that foreign transaction fee or avoid using the f- card for the foreign transaction fees. So I'm going to use my debit card while I'm there, which is silly because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter that much. But I'm like, oh, I don't get the cash back rewards or the travel rewards or whatever it might be. So be aware of that. There's... There's just a lot of little caveats when you're looking at a card. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I've seen cards used for is um, to like manage your debt. And there'll be a lot of promotional offers with credit cards where they'll offer 0% interest on your card for like the first nine months or the first 12 months. And um, so I've seen people just constantly chase those things and and roll their credit cards over from one zero percent to the next. There's usually a fee to roll over. It can be like five percent or three percent. So just be aware of that. And you know, it, it can be a good, useful way to keep from paying the twenty percent interest on compounding every month. Um, but you just need to learn how to manage it and make sure you're very aware of what the terms are and how you're doing it. And ultimately, like the goal is to get that paid down and quit rolling it over every month. You know, or or every year or whatever. I have seen people like, you know, somebody getting divorced and they put their $20,000 legal fees on a credit card that was 0% interest for 18 months. They have time to pay it down or taxes. I, well, I, this one's not so great either, but (laughs) they had a surprise tax bill. So they put their taxes on a 0% credit card. However, the IRS charges you an extra fee to use a credit card to pay your taxes, but that was their option. And, um, and then you don't give them a year of 0% interest to get that paid off because they didn't have a lot of other options of where to go. So what I would be careful about that because you are essentially just building your debt and teaching yourself like, well, I don't need a budget for my taxes or I don't, you know, but there are surprise things that happen in your life, like a divorce. Yeah. That this could be a tool for, but be very careful and evaluate other options first, probably. Yeah. Agreed. I, it, Yes. Look into what options you might have as you have those big life events and changes come. Or I've seen people charge a funeral to a credit card. And so then they had time to pay it off with the 0% interest or wait till like the life insurance money came in to then pay it off. Mm-hmm. So there are options of how you know you can use your credit card wisely. I have seen people um, use 0% interest as business loans because it's, it can be really difficult to get a business loan from a bank when you're starting a business as a small business. Um, although starting a small business is very risky. A lot of small businesses go out of, biz- out of, out of business. And so <laughs> um, charging that onto a credit card that might have 0% interest for 18 months, but then it's charging you 25% can be a super risky business decision. So just be super careful about that. Yeah. And I would say be wary of chasing. This is like a common thing within personal finance. You see, oh, that bank's paying you know, 0.3% better interest. I better open an account there. Oh, they're offering $750 if I spend X amount on the first three months. That's another offer I see a lot with credit cards. Oh, if you spend 500 in the first three months, then we'll give you... No, sorry. If you spend 
2000 in the first three months, we'll give you $500 in your account. It's like, oh, great, free $500. I'm going to spend $2,000 over three months anyway. Why not? Well, if you do that over and over again, you're going to have lots of credit cards. It's going to be complicated and confusing. How are you supposed to keep track of all of those? Make sure they're getting paid off. I don't recommend the chasing game. That's I just get good credit cards and stick with them. That's my advice. (laughs) And I've had a time where I didn't get the deal because I didn't read the fine print and I didn't meet all of the requirements. Yeah, they probably have the stupid category thing too, where it's like, it doesn't count if it's Walmart or Target. And then I'm like, well, I'm toast. I didn't spend that. (laughs) Yeah, this brings up another um, good point of like, is it a problem to have multiple credit cards? Like you go to a store and they say, well, you know, on your purchase day, you can save 20% if you open our credit card. And I fall into that trap, especially when I was young (laughs) and especially at my favorite stores. And it's actually not that long term, it's okay to have multiple credit cards. The short term, it can be a problem on your credit score. So if you're trying to like buy a car or buy a house in the next 12 months, you should be very careful about new lines of credit you open. But over a long time, it can be fine to have multiple cards. I think the bigger issue is managing them all and keeping track of it. And there can be a lot of fraud with credit cards. And so you should be careful about, you know, how how many you have open and that you can keep track of it. Yes. I will say that it's better to use credit cards for online purchases. It's actually more safe because if someone gets your credit card purchased because you bought something online, let's say, and they hack into that website and they grab your information, the credit card company can just send you a new credit card in the mail. And traditionally, it's been a lot easier to get a credit card company to pay, like, let's say someone got your credit card information and they charged up $300 at a gas station credit card companies are usually a little bit more generous and it's a little bit quicker process in getting that $300 reimbursed. Whereas if they get your debit card information, you have to completely shut down your bank. That's unfortunate if you have, um, especially if you have your like monthly income coming into your bank account, you have to go change it everywhere. It can take a lot longer to dispute the charge. So that's something to be aware of. It's, it's actually preferential to use a credit card for online purchases for your safety. It's not like you have to, but that's something I thought was really interesting. So what happens if somebody dies and has credit card debt? Well, we were reading about this and it kind of depends on where you live in a community property state or a common law state. Community property states, there's like 11 in the United States, including like California, Idaho, New York, Florida, um, and there, you can look at a list online and we'll put one in the show notes. But it kind of depends on where you live. And and even then, it can be variable. Like, uh, So typically, a community property state, the spouse is responsible for your other spouse's um, credit card debt, even if you're not joint on the credit card. But we've talked to people who've had that, who haven't been responsible for that in community property states. Yeah. So it seems to be pretty variable, actually. <laughs> Um, So typically, if you're joint on a credit card, you are responsible for that. Mm -hmm. I found this interesting. Most of the time now, they don't put you as joint on credit cards. They put you as an authorized user. And the authorized user may not be responsible because they're not actually joint on the card. Um, Typically, what if you, you know, look it up on any website or most places they'll say, well, the person's estate is still responsible. So if you you die and you have credit card debt, but you also have cash, the cash, the credit card company can come and take that cash to pay off the credit card. I think there's a big question if that cash is jointly owned with a spouse. Um, Is that considered part of the 
person's estate that the credit card company can come after. Um, different states have different laws about what um, your family members may be responsible for, like maybe healthcare costs or other things. So debt is a little bit tricky. You should consult with an expert in your state about what you might be responsible for. Um, but probably if you're joint on a credit card, you're responsible for it. Yeah. And the other thing is that you, after someone passes away, the first thing you should do for the, if they have credit card is to uh, alert the credit card company of their passing, just like you would on any other account that they owned. Make sure that they know about it. They'll ask for some documentation, probably a death certificate. And then they'll kind of work through the steps with you from there. And it can vary from credit card company to credit card company. So they may have different procedures as to how they straighten all of that out. But that's kind of your first step after someone passes away is to just report the death. And and then if you are jointly on the account, make sure you keep making your payments so it doesn't negatively affect your credit score. Yeah. And if you are not joint on that credit card, you probably should quit using it. Like if you're not a joint owner, even if you're the authorized, you're authorized on the account and you're not joint, you probably should quit using it, which we've talked to a lot of widows that that's a problem because they already have their spending habits set up. That's the card they use to pay for gas. It's maybe their only card. And, and now that, you know, that can completely change. So that's another reason maybe to have multiple cards and have cards in different people's names. Yeah, I we heard one widow tell us that their credit card was locked and they went to the gas station and they couldn't get gas. I'm like, that's terrifying. Probably good to have, like Nicole said, maybe a card in your name so that if that ever were to happen, heaven forbid, or if it already has happened, you have that card to use. Well, that's a lot of stuff on credit cards, and I'm sure there's more we could talk about. <laughs> I think what we hope people take away from this episode is just to be more thoughtful about how you're using your credit cards and if they're working for you as a good tool or a bad tool. And um, I think, I, I don't know, I hope we just put people very much on the be, be aware. Yes. And if you are scared of credit or you just don't know what to do, we would encourage you to research credit card options, look at different credit cards that you might want to open or start using and come up with a plan and a system of how you want to use that credit card. Is it for one thing? Is it for everything? What works for you behaviorally? And take a look at that. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want to know more about us and what we do, visit our website, rockhousefinancial.com. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Rockhouse Financial is an SEC registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the opinions of Rockhouse Financial or any other sponsors of the podcast. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.